beginning a series this morning, a gift for all, a gift for all. The first message is titled, A Gift Worth the Wait, A Gift Worth the Wait. Sometimes the greatest gift you can give a person is the gift of time, of your time. We've all heard many horror stories about parents who gave their children everything but time. And we know being a parent is not just about what you provide, it's what you impart. It's what you put inside the spirit of those who will carry on your name, your faith, your business, your principles. People need our time. In the Bible, time is described in two different ways. First, kairos, which has to do with the supernatural visitation from God. Because God doesn't live in time, a kairos moment is a supernatural moment in time where God can only be recognized by those who know him. And you will be challenged in those kairos moments to move, to shift, to be saved, to lay hands on someone, to give a gift, whatever it may be, those of us born of the Spirit understand what time it is when God speaks and when he moves and when he shows up. For those of you who've never been able to discern, to discern time, perhaps you need a touch from the Holy Spirit so you can feel his unction come upon you when you need to move, make a decision, give, serve, share your faith, or whatever it may be. Kairos a supernatural visitation accompanied by a supernatural habitation of angels that causes you to shift from where you are into where God wants you to be. Then chronos, which has to do with the time in which we live. Time can be measured, calculated, dreaded. Chronos, because God doesn't live in time, he operates in kairos, but it affects our chronos. And sometimes our chronos needs to line up practically so that when a kairos moment comes spiritually, it will be received by all. And that is precisely what happened when Jesus Christ was born. The chronos was ripe, ready, primed, and positioned for a kairos moment that would change humanity and heaven forevermore. Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. And it came to pass in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. That word registered is important. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, which means the house of bread, Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, for her to have the baby. What may have been perceived as an inconvenience was a Kairos moment. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in the swaddling clothes, 
laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Galatians chapter 4, beginning with verse 5, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law of religion to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as the children of God. Make no mistake about it, my friend. Christmas is about God's sovereign timing in the lives of human beings. Never underestimate God's timing, God's climate, and the atmosphere you live in. Atmosphere matters. Oranges don't grow in Alaska for a reason. It matters what atmosphere you're in. If you're in the right atmosphere, you can receive what you need for your family, for your finances, for your faith. If you're in the wrong atmosphere, you will be limited as to what you can get from God. Your covering matters, atmosphere matters, and God's timing matters. The wisest man in the old covenant, Solomon, said this in Ecclesiastes, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. And it goes through many of these. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, time to pluck, time to kill, a time to heal, time to love and a time to hate, time to speak, time to be quiet, time of war and a time of peace, just to name a few. Timing matters in the kingdom of God. In Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse 11, it says, for he has made everything beautiful in its time. You may be striving in a season and frustrated, and it may just be because it's not your time. You may be feeling a push towards something in this season because, my friend, you're almost late. It is indeed your time. The kingdom of heaven is waiting on you to move and to obey and to take back ground that the enemy has stolen from you. God is aware of every moment in our lives. We don't think he is, but he is. He is aware of every moment in our lives. And it goes on to say in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 that he has put eternity in our hearts. He's made everything beautiful in its time, but he's put eternity in our hearts. That's why we don't want to die. It's not because we fear death, those of us that are saved. We believe by faith we're going to reign in eternity with Jesus, that we're going to be in heaven, that we're going to rule and reign with him. We believe that based on our faith. But there's something about us that still wants to get treatment, that, that doesn't want to be unplugged from the machine because we weren't made by God to die. Our spirits want to live forever. And we will. We will. Jesus Christ came into this world fully God and fully man, born by human teenage mother, a teenager born out of the spirit in God's time. The days were completed for Mary to give birth. The nine month period was ending. It was her time. The fullness of time had come. God's plan, God's time, our destiny changed forevermore because of a savior. Number one, God's timing might feel like an inconvenience. God's timing 
might feel to you like an inconvenience. Think of young Mary. Her marriage had not yet been consummated. This wasn't the traditional way to birth the child. This wasn't a traditional way to have a child. The timing in the natural should have and certainly could have felt like an inconvenience. My experience with God is his ways are not our ways. His timing rarely matches my convenience. When God wants to move, he requires action on our parts and expects us to move into position immediately. Their plans to have the baby with the family was ruined because of this census, because of this decree. Many of you mothers, I mean, you wanted your mom to be around. You wanted family around after you birthed the child. This was ruined for her because of this census. They had no family in Bethlehem. No family went out on their own. Young people carrying a miracle. And we've been taught this. The accommodations were not ideal. How many of you want to give birth in a stable? Could you imagine the smell? There was no room for them in the inn. So God's timing could have and should have felt like an inconvenience, but heaven wasn't surprised by it. What surprises us on earth or brings about mourning in our lives, heaven is not surprised by. When we lose a loved one that knows Christ, heaven rejoices, but we mourn, and it's our right to do so. But joy comes in the morning. Number two, God's timing was perfect according to Hebrew prophecy. It may have felt like an inconvenience, but it was perfect according to Hebrew prophecy. The Old Testament said many times that the new covenant Messiah would first, Genesis chapter three, emerge victorious over the enemy. I've got news for you this morning. We have already won the war. We put on the armor to fight some battles, but we are victorious because of that baby born in a manger that went to a cross that got up out of an empty tomb and appeared to 500 people, left us with the gift of the Holy Spirit that we might live free and fully alive in Christ. The Bible said in the Old Covenant that this Messiah would come from the nation of Israel, Genesis 12 from the line of the tribe of Judah, Genesis 49. From the lineage, the house of David, according to 2 Samuel chapter seven. You know the story, God spoke to David and said, your son Solomon will build the temple and from your lineage, from your line, the savior of the world will come. Oh. God chose a warrior that came from the backside of a field, middle of nowhere. Daddy didn't approve of him. Mama was a loose woman. God chose a king that would commit a heinous crime of murder against his best friend to steal his wife. He chose that line to send his savior through. Why? 
Because for it is by grace we've been saved. Why? Because God will use anybody that's willing. God will use anybody that has an ear to hear. God will use anybody that understands the Kairos moment and understands that God doesn't live in our time, that when the Spirit moves, we must respond to it. When the Word says it, we can claim it. We can count on it because it is inerrant. It is infallible. It is true. And Jesus has never failed us. He never will. His promises are true. We would emerge victorious. This child would come from the nation of Israel, from the tribe of Judah, from the line of David, born of a virgin, Isaiah 7, 14. Born of a virgin, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. Born in Bethlehem. They didn't live there. What did they have to go through to get there? to line up with what had already been spoken thousands of years earlier by the prophets. God doesn't make mistakes. His word is true. It is accurate. Jesus Christ is alive. He is praying for us at the right hand of the Father. He has purpose for us, and he has never failed me, and he'll never fail you. Somebody ought to give him some praise this Christmas season for who he is. I'm not even done. Isaiah 60, that this young baby would be visited by astrologers from Iraq and that they would bring gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh representing wealth, worship, and work. Wealthy men, weird men that looked into the heavens and predicted events. Thousands of years before this baby would be born, these things were predicted. They were prophesied. And eventually they would be paid for on the cross of Calvary so that we might walk in the fullness of God. God's timing was perfect. God's timing is still perfect. Somebody say amen. amen. We may not like it. It may feel like an inconvenience. We may struggle with it. But his timing is perfect. So shake off the frustration this Christmas, amen? Shake off your frustration, renew your faith, and understand God is on the throne. You are guaranteed victory, not just today, but every day. Walk in that. Celebrate the joy of the Lord this season. Be a gift to someone else. Give your family the gift of your time. Give your community the gift of kindness. Don't just stand idly by watching the world go by. Let me tell you something. If you're still worried about what your church can do for you and you've been saved 10 or 20 years, it's time to grow up. Figure out what you can do for other people. That's what being a Christian's all about. It's time to get off breast milk and get into whole milk. You need a touch from the Holy Ghost. You got to move beyond your own ideas and flesh into kingdom service doing what God's called you to do. God has called us for such a time as this to be a blessing to others, to sow our seeds, to touch our community, to shine our light. And come hell or high water, this is going to be a multicultural, multi-generational church with people on every square foot of it for the glory of God. And we're seeing it happen. And let me be honest with you as your pastor, let me rabbit trail just a moment. If you think I 
am doing 10 victory laps over what God's done this week. I am, you're right. But this timing thing, I've been praying for this for almost 10 years. Four years as a pastor, five years on my way to being the pastor, praying for God to do something like what I've seen this week. And it may have gotten frustrating at times. People may have jumped off the ship. People may not have believed in the vision. People may not have always bought in. But those of you that did, you can expect a blessing, amen? Those of you like Eddie there in the back that the day I took over told everybody if it turns into a storefront, I'm with my pastor. I'm telling you, my God, we're in the midst of revival and we're on the verge of it. And we need to celebrate it in the name of Jesus. Because I'm telling you, man, I'm seeing souls, I'm seeing a shift, I'm seeing favor, and I'm feeling a Kairos moment brewing. And I believe with all of my heart, this is our time, Abba's house. This is your time. Those things you've been praying about, I prophesy you're going to see some fruit from them this season. Those things you've been struggling with, God's going to just take the taste for it out of your mouth. The struggles you've been dealing with with your children, God's going to bring them back to the Lord. You keep the faith. You claim the promises. You understand Kairos. You embrace the Holy Spirit. You trust the Holy Spirit. And you trust God's word. And you watch what my God will do. Number three, God's timing often involves a change in culture. Check all of these things out that took place leading up to the birth of Jesus Christ. The first thing were the Jews were scattered. Right before the birth of Christ, the Jewish believers were scattered throughout the Roman Empire. God-fearing Jews were able to sow messianic seeds to whisper that a Messiah was coming throughout the Roman Empire. That's how we got Catholicism. They were spread throughout the Roman Empire and they'd been speaking about a soon coming king, a Messiah, a Messiah, a Messiah. So when it happened, some weren't surprised by it. The culture was prepared and positioned for a king. Sometimes you will not see the results you want to see because the culture around you is not prepared for what you've been praying for. And the greatest thing you can do as a kingdom ambassador is prepare the culture to be positioned for a miracle. That's why you don't pray for someone to be healed or raised from the dead with people that don't believe God can still do those things. That's why you can't preach prophecy to a bunch of religious people who don't believe God still speaks. You've got to be in the right environment, under the right atmosphere. Understand Kairos versus Kronos, and you've got to grab that word of God, my friend, and you've got to claim those promises as yours. Now, if you want to believe that God doesn't move anymore, that's your business. But as for me and my house, we believe God still does miracles. We believe God still releases prophetic words. We believe the power of God can fall on a place. I still believe sinners can get saved. I still believe it, and we need to believe it. We've got to be faithful in preaching the gospel and loving people and advancing God's kingdom. It's our time. The Jews were scattered. The atmosphere was right so that when Jesus not only was born, but when he lived and he died and he was raised from the dead and he ascended on high and commissioned his apostles, 
the atmosphere was right for the gospel to be spread. The Roman Empire had just passed a religious exemption to Jews saying they no longer had to worship Caesar. What would have happened if Jesus would have been born and everybody still had to worship Caesar? The atmosphere would not have been right for a Messiah. The political climate had changed. Julius Caesar had been assassinated 25 years before Christ was born. When his son Augustus took the throne, roads were paved. It was safer to travel and the culture was ready for a gospel that could change their lives. If this would have happened at any other time in history, people and nations could not have been evangelized from right there in Judea. But because the timing was right, somebody say, it's his time, it's my time. The timing was right for a Messiah. Also, everyone spoke a common language when Jesus was born, the language Greek. If Jesus was to come today, you'd have to have it in so many different languages. But at the time, everybody in this region was required to speak the common language Greek. So even the language was ripe for a harvest. So understand that when a Kairos moment comes, the atmosphere will be ready for a move. Now, in your temple, your body, those of you spirit-filled, you might always be hungry and thirsty for something. And I want you to keep that pot boiling. But you must understand God's mandate to you in certain seasons is to get the culture ready, to get the atmosphere right. So when he comes on a person, comes on a church, comes on a region, comes on a state, they're ready for it. Can somebody say amen? amen? See, some of you that really walk with the Holy Ghost, you get frustrated because you're crying out for revival all the time. And what God's telling you to do in this season is get out of that mode and get into preparation and positioning mode. Start evangelizing. Start getting people ready for what God wants to do. Does anybody receive that today? You got to get people around you ready for what God may want to do. How many of you struggle with being stubborn? I know I do. I struggle with stubbornness, man. I, I think I got all the answers and I want it done my way right now. I do. I want it done right now. But God's been working on me. Saying you gotta get the atmosphere right. You gotta allow me to fix this thing, get people positioned, get people in the right seats. And you gotta trust me because some things you want, they're what I want, but the atmosphere must be right for a shift. I close here. God's timing makes the insignificant significant. God's timing makes the insignificant significant. If you can grab a hold of your Kairos moment, I don't care what you've done in your past. I don't care where you were born. I don't care about your lineage because of Jesus Christ. If you can grab a hold of a God moment, it will change your destiny and the people coming after you. It will make the insignificant, significant. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
that no matter where you've been or what you've done or how much money you have, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can and will be saved and you will have access to everything the king has access to. You'll have access to it. So I challenge you, man, dream, believe your Bible. Be open to a Kairos moment. Be open to a move of God. Be open to something new. Be open to things changing. Be open to the blessing and favor of God. Be open to the gift that keeps on giving. The mercy and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be open to a move of God. Christopher Columbus was discouraged about his life one day and stopped by a monastery. He was so thirsty, he just went into this monastery for a drink of water. And while he was there, he got to speaking with one of the elder monks. And he described his dream of venturing over into this part of the world and discovering America. And he left that meeting not knowing that this monk he had shared his dreams with was personal friends with Queen Isabella, the wealthiest woman in the region. Queen Isabella is who funded his journey to this country. It all started with a drink. It all started with a drink of water. It all started with him being thirsty. Sometimes a touch from God starts with you being thirsty and being willing to go after what you're thirsty for. And he encountered a monk who knew the wealthiest woman in the country who would back his dream financially. Is anybody listening? God wants to see his dreams for you come to pass. Notice I didn't say your dreams. God wants to see his dreams for you come to pass. If your dreams align with his, you can't lose. Abraham Lincoln was in the back of a store rummaging through an old barrel one day. And he reached down in an old barrel and found a few books. These books were the Blackstone Commentaries. Those commentaries would begin his journey down a legal road that would lead to the presidency of the United States of America and ending the Civil War. It all started with him rummaging through a barrel. Might have been inconvenient to some, might have been odd to others, but something tells me the king of heaven decided that would be a Kairos moment. Never underestimate the power of a moment. Never underestimate the power of a moment. The late George Whitfield was a bartender in England. Couldn't get along with the sister-in-law who owned the bar. So this guy quit, frustrated, irritated. That one decision led him to God. That decision led him to Oxford. He connected with a man named John Wesley, and these two men led the, led the greatest revival in the history of Christendom. He didn't have a dream. He didn't get a burning bush. 
He was a bartender. They got mad at his sister-in-law, left defeated, and ran in to the Spirit of God in a Kairos moment. See, you may have lost your job or you, you may have been mistreated by your boss or your teacher or your coach or whoever it was. And you thought God was picking on you. No, he was setting you up for a blessing. You wasn't supposed to be in that job anyways. God has something better for you. God has an atmosphere for you where you will grow and you will prosper and you will be all that God's called you to be. Oh, God's timing makes the insignificant significant. Stand on your feet. Would you bow your head with me and close your eyes and just be open to a Kairos moment for others watching online and for those in the house today that don't know the Lord. Maybe you came to one of our many events this week and the Spirit of God led you here. And this is a divine appointment for you today because up until this point, you've been lost. You've never had a moment with God. And today's your moment. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And in Romans, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. It's that simple. You've been given a gift, a gift worth the wait. You accept this free gift of grace that Jesus paid for, and you're guaranteed eternity in heaven and purpose on earth. It's that simple. If you need Jesus Christ in your life and he's speaking to you right now, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Everybody bow your head and close your eyes with me. Abba's house, help me. Just pray this prayer with me if you need Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Please come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and use me for your glory. If you prayed that prayer, you've been born again. The Bible says, do not be ashamed of the gospel. It also says, if you will not confess Jesus in front of men, Jesus will not confess you in front of the Father. So at the end of this service, in a very low-key way, I want you to drift over there to the next steps table. I want you to go see. I believe Pastor Ken is there. Brad and Angie are there. I want you to go see them. I'll be over there as well to pray with you, to help you get started volunteering, serving, whatever it may be. We want you to connect. Don't leave out of here if you prayed that prayer and you need to connect. Now, many of you are Christians, but you don't have a church home. Let me say this again for those in the back. Atmosphere matters. Covenant matters. It matters what atmosphere you're in and what covering you're under. No guilt pressure here. If the Spirit of God is leading you to be a part of our family, A, we need you, and B, you need to obey God if he's leading you this way. We want you. If that's you, I want you also to come to the table. Or maybe you're just checking us out, but you'd like to start somewhere and serve. See if you can get along with some of these crazy people. Same thing. Go to that table. They'll help you find a place to do a test drive. Serve somewhere. See if you like the people. See if you connect. We want you to connect. We believe God's best is found when you're in covenant with other believers. So at the bottom of my heart, whatever the Spirit's telling you to do, do it. Amen? Heavenly Father, I bless this church. I'm thankful, Lord, that you gave us a gift worth the wait. May have felt like an inconvenience, but it was an impartation. 
an impartation of grace, an impartation of the divine that would change history and humanity. Lord, I love you. We worship you. Thank you for all that you've given us. Thank you for being the greatest gift mankind has ever seen, felt, or experienced. Lord, we worship you. We believe in you. We thank you for all you're doing in this church and through the people of it. All God's people said, give heaven a shout and say amen.